Welcome to a 5 out of 10 special. I, of course, am your host, and Abram has snuck his way onto the podcast once again because he's just small enough that he can fit through a cat door. Pocket sized. <laughs> What's up, bro? How you doing? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm wonderful. It's amazing how, like, quickly we can pull something together in seconds. You know how things take planning? You and I put something together in a day. I mean, yeah, I mean, (laughs) disregard the quality of the finished product, but we can figure it out in a day. No, the quality's good, bro. I haven't gotten any bad feedback. I mean, this is a lot better quality than what I was doing before. I suppose. I mean, you mean in terms of like audio quality or just in general? Like, yeah, audio quality. Because like I need more, um, what's the word? I need more microphones. I need you know to put. To yeah, play. I don't know. I mean, I think because both of us are sort of in a position right now where we can just sort of like hop on our computers and talk, then yeah. it sounds pretty good. Yeah. Right. So, exactly. A lot of the quality on my end, at least, is not down to anything I've done except buy a computer. How's your new PC running? It's running good. I'm trying to figure out how to do some streaming on it. Uh, We talked about it a little bit before. but uh, Online crack dealing? Yeah, that specifically. (laughs) Above above all else, really. But... um, no, I just want to I want to try and stream on Twitch. Hopefully if I do it, I can record a podcast while I'm on Twitch and I can really get what my end of podcasting moving. But uh, it's running good so far uh, besides a couple of little hiccups I've had trying to stream a few things, but hiccups. Yeah, you know. Wow. <laughs> Are you okay? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. I'm just thinking about life. Oh. Uh, while I was talking, huh? Yeah, I try to tune you out. <laughs> well, it's understandable. It happens. What's going on? Uh, what's going on with you work-wise? Are you you have anything going for you, or has this thing stopped you from what you're supposed to be doing? Uh, you know, in general, it has sort of cut down on what we've been able to do. Um, but actually, this week we've got <clears throat> quite a bit of work. Today was, I mean, originally. The only days off that we were going to have were Monday and today. We were going to be working Sunday, Tuesday, uh, tomorrow, Thursday, Friday, and then, of course, Saturday we didn't. But then we were going to be working again on Sunday. And um, uh, thankfully, the Tuesday job postponed. But, uh, yeah, we've been – this week especially has been, like, quite quite a bit of work, which is, I suppose, good in some ways. Yeah. Uh, to get back into that. Mm-hmm. Bro. <laughs> I'm sorry. I got to detract from what we're talking about for a second. I just opened okay. I just opened up my phone and there's this thing on Barstool. It says, it says, Chad Ochocinco admits he took Viagra before every game because he believed no one could stop him if he ran on three legs. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Oh my god. Ocho Cinco. That'd be a neat trick. <laughs> yeah, that I mean the cup sizes would just have to be astronomical. Okay. <laughs> I feel like you're putting too much thought into this conversation. I know, my bad. My bad. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Okay. What is you, Abram Jones, what is your creativity definition? You're going to have to break that down for me. Like, when you approach an idea, say that you're about to write an album. Okay. When you do that, how would, do you approach the message, the, uh, the singing, the, uh, the style? What's the process? That's kind of an interesting question because when I talk to people who don't, 
actively work on music and other things like that creatively. Mm -hmm. uh, it sort of seems like when they talk to me that on their end, what I do feels sort of mysterious. Like there's some, there's some practice that I do to, 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 I don't know, to, to get myself prepared for something. But in reality, the only things that I really go off of for this kind of thing are either I'm playing the guitar just in practice and something develops that I like the sound of, a progression or something, or a melody, or uh, something I'm feeling during the day prompts me to sort of to, to want to write it down. And if it if it extends into something bigger, then it's usually because there's there's a, sort of a gold mine underneath whatever is there for that beginning feeling, and I'll just sort of explore it and expand it in different areas. And hopefully, it will all be sort of connecting and coherent to a certain degree. Sometimes it's not, and the flow of an album doesn't work very well. So there's a lot of leftover bits and pieces from things that don't really flow well together, but in terms of how I would approach making a project or even just one song, there's nothing super uh, special about it. I just sort of feel like that's why I say that mo I feel like m more people could at least attempt it and make a decent attempt at what they're uh, hoping to do because th there's nothing too special about what I'm doing. You know, it's either that you, you just feel like saying something and, and you write it down, whether it's full of poet, you know, poetic writing or not, you just write it down and you say how you feel. Right. Or you pull, you mess around on an instrument and you either, even if you don't play an instrument, I feel like you could listen to other music or like if you have a piano, which a piano is great for, you could just sit down and tap on one or two notes. And if you like those two notes, you could probably find somebody who could be like, if you ask them, hey, what are these notes? They could probably, if they're adept with the instrument, work out a melody for you with those notes. And you could try and create something. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know, I'm, I'm ranting at this point, but there's nothing too special about what I do. I sort of feel like anybody could really do the process. Ross really. used to do this thing where... <laughs> he would just grab a guitar randomly like we'd be rehearsing for a show or something and he <laughs> he'd play like a G chord and just play it forever you're like this song has only one chord <laughs> it'd be so annoying it's just like alright dude shut up <laughs> but you know it's so funny. No, I agree with what you're saying. It's hard because, especially when you're trying, like, say you go solo. Right. It's hard to find that your specific sound. Like, maybe you were used to doing one thing specifically. Mm -hmm. But when you go out on your own and you want to be different than, say, the band or the message or the sound, it's hard to sort of restart your engine and get to where you want to go. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I think... When you separate yourself. Because... Yeah, yeah, like, no, no. I, I see what you're saying. I, I, I have not experienced what it would be like to try and go from a position of working with other people on music and then starting something solo. I have attempted a couple of times to try and go into playing music with other people, and that presents a whole new set of challenges that I am not used to, but I, I, yeah, I guess I should clarify that, I guess, then in the context of what I'm talking about, then it, it really is more just you making something solely your own, because then that process changes for, for when you're working with other people. Right. There's more, like, you have your whole complex set of emotions and what you want to do, and then you're working with someone else who has at least as many as you, if not more, and you're trying to push these two things together in a way that fits. Yeah. Because you and want, just, you want, yeah. you want people to understand what you're saying. 
That would be nice. That would yeah. be nice. Oh my god. It doesn't always happen. Dude, did you listen to the last podcast by chance? Uh I don't know if I'm caught up. I was listening to one oh who was it? I'm gonna check the podcast right now. <clears throat> it dropped it like was. two days ago, I think. No, not the one with Preston. I did not. Okay. Bro. So I, I had Preston Andrew on. Right. Andrew. Andrew. <laughs> Dude, Andrew started his own podcast. Did he really? <laughs> you gotta check it out, bro. What's it called? It's called, uh, ah, dang it. I'm gonna have them blanking. Hang on. Gosh, it's so funny. Okay, I'm looking at. Okay. I'm, I'm about to check it out now. It's just so funny because Andrew is literally like one of my favorite people on earth. And the fact that he, he decided to do his own podcast. It's really good news for the world. Okay. So it's called Peace A Games. P-E-A-C-E capital A Games. What? <laughs> and the picture is of a, uh, I think it's like a baby Link. <laughs> like, what's, wait, what's it called? Peace A Games. Like PC, but he's saying PC. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh is right. But like his first episode. Take a take right. a take a stab at how long it is. Wait, I got I can't even figure out the 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 spelling of this thing. Where is it on? It's on Spotify. No, it's not on anything. I think actually it might be on Spotify. It's not What's on. It? Okay, P- how do I spell this? Okay, P E A C C E capital A capital G A M E S. I just found it. Yeah. Yeah. Join Drew as he takes you on a journey for a deep discussion of video games, including all things Zelda. Also, Let's Plays and Reviews will be present. Join Drew on his journey. (laughs) 13 minutes, baby. Bro, that first episode is four minutes long. (laughs) Why? It's so funny, dude. Jack and Dexter, the precursor of Legacy Part 1. <laughs> I hope it doesn't come out sounding like I'm flaming this, because I'm pretty sure as soon as I get done with this, I'm going to go listen to this. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm happy for him, if, he, if he's really into it. But I know Andrew, dude. He'll be on another project tomorrow. That's like, he'll always tell me he's on a diet. He's like, hey, yeah, I'm doing the Atkins. <laughs> and like the next day, yeah, I had a pizza. I went to the cookie store. Like, Andrew, stop telling me you're on a diet. It's like, it's just a lie. <laughs> Andrew's a, an amazing individual. He's something else, dog. He's been my friend for a long time. He's been my friend for not as long, but he's still an epic human being. It's so funny how, like, how we all met. <laughs> well, like how you met him. <laughs> and then just how it continued to devolve every time I saw him screaming his name. <laughs> I think it was more me and... and uh, He was definitely no more exasperated from you doing it, but he was probably <laughs> just as annoyed about the fact that once you told me about it, that I kept doing it. <laughs> Like, I don't know. I think we talked about it maybe once. Okay. But, like, when, when we yelled, like, Edge! Like, at him <laughs> in public, and he hadn't seen us even during that day yet, you would physically see him, like, seize up. <laughs> and, like, get, like, scared. Uncomfortable. Yeah. Oh, and then yeah. he'd be like, stop it. <laughs> Dude, I can remember years ago, like, I'd see him at the at the hall. And he he would be talking to somebody, and I'm so loud. <laughs> so I would like surprise him and be like, and 
girl! And he jumped like four feet in the air. Just, ah! Uh, <laughs> and he still does it to this day. He's so jumpy. It's like he thinks somebody's going to attack him. Yeah, it's it's really great. I'm like, Andrew, I've known you for like over a decade now. You really, you really still nervous when I'm around? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh my oh, word, he's so funny. Guy. Are you jumpy? Do you get scared often? No. Me neither. No, I don't. The other thing about it is really that people don't uh, talk to me all that much. So I do. I talk. There's, well, yeah. I like talking. Yeah, okay. What? <laughs> Nothing. How dare you, sir? I'm not doing anything. <clears throat> Yeah, I, the only time I'm ever really kind of nervous is when like, I mean, it's it's kind of a, it's kind of a troll, but I'm still a little scared of the dark sometimes. Like I don't I don't like the dark. Yeah. I, I I I'm I know better than to think something's in the dark when I'm by it, but I don't like being in it. I got a level of comfortability in my old house when it came to being in the dark because I did not want any light in my room whatsoever. But mm-hmm. but now that like I've been living in this house for five and a half six years now, and I still get scared. Like sometimes, yeah. like I'll hear a noise, but it's just like houses just make noises. That's very true. You know, it's just yeah. it's it's what happens. The one thing I will say that has continued from childhood that I'm really afraid of is heights, and I really I don't like heights. At I all. hate heights. I hate them. I will go. I've been on roller coasters before, and I have enjoyed certain roller coasters. Yes. But I refuse to go on anything that's actually tall. I only recently started opening my eyes on roller coasters. Yeah. Because I was still... Just the speeds and the heights, it's like... Yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm a fat kid. So <laughs> at some point, my belly is going to squeeze out of that little... So, uh, so, so called like safety bar that they put on you. Like, yeah, you're good because you got Johnny, yeah. you got Johnny De La Crotch running the friggin' machine. <laughs> it's like, what, what are you doing? You got a cigarette in your mouth, and you, that shirt is twelve sizes too small. And you're have you ever, have you ever, <laughs> have you seen the videos of the the rides and the roller coaster personnel? who right before it launches they just call out to the air next to them that the seat belts aren't tight oh my god no have you seen this are they allowed there's to one, do that there's one super i don't know i mean there's one super famous video that i know of where it's not a roller coaster it's one of the slingshot rides that just throws you in the air mm. and then you like go spinning up in the air so okay. they have like they have like over the shoulder support and then a belt around your waist and the over the shoulder support on some of them like really clamps down but on other ones it just oh goes I know what ride you're talking about I know exactly yeah and which then one. he's like your seatbelt's not tight and they're like what and it's like yeah it's, yeah it's not it's way too loose so then he calls he goes hey we got two really loose seatbelts over here and then the ride launches. No. And the guy just passes out at the top of the ride. He's screaming so much. Yeah. And then right at the top, he just passes out because he can't handle it anymore. That's that's when I would sue the company and fill out complaint <laughs> papers. Like, no, you don't have a right to make me in fear for my life. Yeah. Yeah. And he'd probably argue that that's the reason why you went there in the first place. Not really. No, definitely not. I have such a love-hate relationship with amusement parks. I really do. What does that mean? I like going. Like the... Going on the trip with your friends and being there and even the dumb stuff, like how expensive it is to get food or drinks there. Like the Big E. The whole trip is really enjoyable. And even certain roller coasters are enjoyable for me. Only certain ones. Did I tell you that I ran into a friend of ours at the Big E? No. It was one of the most awkward meetings. 
<laughs> of my entire existence. Really? Because I had heard some things. It Okay. To preface this, it's our friend who has about 12 different Snapchat accounts and eight different Instagrams. Do you know who I'm speaking of? <laughs> I can take a guess on who you're talking about. I know you do know. I don't know for a fact, but I'm sure that if you told me who, I would be like, oh, yeah, that's okay. Yeah. That makes sense. So... You I could just send me a message. Yeah, I was just about to. So yeah, anyway, we see this guy and, you know, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. And, yeah. and it's like, this is after I find out about certain things that people have said or whatever. And it was just the most cringiest conversation. Like me and James and my friend Ethan Bliss show up. And we're hanging out. And it's like we run into him and, and uh, you know uh, some other people that are are friends with the twins, and it was like it was just so weird. Like he didn't say much. He's just that just that awkward human being. And the mm-hmm. fact that I know this stuff about him now, it makes total sense. Like, for instance, let me just give you a for instance. Like, I posted a story of me and my sister on Instagram. And he, okay. and he DMs me. Right? I gotta find this thing. Because th- th- it was just so strange. So I post this thing and he goes, ooh, shoot, bro. I'm like... <laughs> my sister pagan and he goes oh bah with crying faces i'm like legit i have some love for you but you need some professional help <laughs> like honestly like legit i bet he's checking his accounts constantly to see if he's got messages from women it's like just uh, constantly on the hunt. Now, mind you, he's not going to get in any relationships with these girls. <laughs> but it was just so weird. And it just, everything clicked when he sent me that message. I'm like, yep, I know exactly who you are. And <laughs> I know what kind of human being that you choose to be. Why does so much weird stuff go down at the Big E? I don't understand. I know. I know, bro. I've talked to you about my experience at the Big E, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it was not a good day. You want to know why, bro? It's because so many people congregate there because they think that something's going to happen either with drama or relationships. Do you really think that's what it is? I think so. I feel like it's like, yeah, you have fun, but at the same time, you know, you're waiting for something to happen so that you'll have a story. By the way, yes. I'll just say this. Okay. So many people love the biggie. I do. I love it. Okay. I don't want I mean I have fun riding the rides and like you said, it's the experience of hanging out with your buds and whatever. I for for those that don't know (gasps) what? I hate the biggie. I hate it. Well, so much. I don't know. I don't know why. I think every time I've talked to somebody about why I won't go to the Big E, they told me it's because I had a bad experience and it tainted the place. But I also just don't. I don't like it. What don't you like about I it? I don't know. I I really. So I will say this: it has nothing to do with who specifically was there because the people that invited us are still our good friends. Yeah. And I have a lot of love for all of those people. I really do. But uh, it was at a time when I feel like uh, they were closer with other people than with us. And there's no, what? I'm I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm listening to you. I promise. I, are you are are you feeling how I'm feeling? Where I feel like I'm walking on eggshells doing this sometimes, but I don't have any shame, bro. 
I don't feel shamed about it. I just don't. I don't want it to come across like I'm bad mouthing anyone because that's not. That's not what I'm doing. No, you've never been about that. And. And if you are, it's private. Well, and I don't. I don't. I don't want it to seem like that because even if. I still felt so negatively about how they did it. I know it wasn't them doing it on purpose. Yeah. Hormone, and, hormones take over, bro. Well, it's not even like it wasn't, it wasn't then that it was like an attraction to someone else. So they were ignoring us. It was just, I think the group of people that we all went with, they were more comfortable together as a group and we weren't really as close with anyone there. Yeah. Like we were close with a couple of people and then everyone else who was in the group knew of us really. Right. But we weren't really good friends with them. Yeah. And and so that tends to just sort of create this weird sort of issue where these people who know each other hang out really well together. And then these sort of outsider people, even if you try your best to include them, they might end up feeling like they weren't really included. Right. And I think there was some other issues perhaps going on with me at the time, but it was definitely a case of like, they all knew each other. Well, I didn't know them super well, but I wanted to, and they were just much more comfortable in other people's uh, area. Basically. I don't know. Right. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was not, not, not a a fun day. You know what it is, bro? I'll tell you exactly what it is. It's people who suck on the juice of being cool and, you know, they need to feel like they're sort of important. They need to find their place in the friendship and sort of make it about them and fitting in and all this other crap. And it's like, you and I are the people who don't need to fit in because we're okay with ourselves. It's like, you know, if I'll give you a pure example. So, and it was at the big E. So, so there's this one girl that's with us, like in our group, beautiful woman. And she's, she's part of the popular group. You know, she hangs out with these people that basically try to get her clout. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, and I'm not one of those people. You could be a monkey on a rock and I'll still hang out with you. <laughs> it's like our friend group is essentially monkeys on rocks. Right. So anyway, she's like kind of starts to dance a little bit to the music because there's always music that's playing out, you know, in the big E, which is cool. You know, whatever. So I start dancing, but I dance hardcore. Like I'm jumping all over the place. Like I'm, I'm I'm going to different booths, you know, like <laughs> Pulling moves is just like the dumbest thing. I look like an absolute dummy. You know, like <laughs> I've danced with you before. I definitely know what you do. Basically, if I was wearing a helmet, it would have looked exactly what you would picture. You're like a tornado. <laughs> oh, because we went to that party that one time. More than once. <laughs> I've, been in, I've been in the vicinity of you dancing. And it has a tendency, <laughs> it has a tendency to, to, at the same time, raise the level of everyone who is as crazy or crazier than you, and then everyone else is like, we're going to back off. We're going to let the room go. Yeah. And they're just going to sort of step backwards. We're going to let this dummy just do what he does, which is what we don't really know. <laughs> Yeah, no, I've definitely experienced it. So anyway, but, you know, in hindsight, it's like we became friends after that. And it was just like, you know, she's, then she started dancing with me. Like, through, we were walking. We're just walking through the through the carnival, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's just like we ended up dancing through the carnival. I had a blast. And, you know, that's – it's funny that people just think that they need to be somebody else in order to impress I used to think that. I used to feel that way quite a bit more. Mm-hmm. But um, it, it it got really uncomfortable to try and to try and pretend 
to enjoy or be interested in talking about certain things or being a certain type of way just in order for someone to possibly not even like you uh, at the end of the conversation anyway. Yeah. yeah. So after, I don't know how long, I just have sort of become more and more comfortable liking what I like and talking about what I like and not having so much fear of not being rude when people talk about things I don't care about, right. but just sort of like trying to stay engaged with them. But at the same time, just making it clear that uh, our interests aren't always aligned. And that's perfectly fine. Like I sort of enjoy talking with people who don't have the same. Okay. Yeah. So I, I definitely don't understand why people believe that they have to act a certain way because you know what bro it took me a long time to sort of say i can just be myself i don't have to be this person and you know james will always roast me over the the funniest things you know but every once in a while he'll be like you know people love you like you know that people really have love for you and i'm like yeah, yeah. i know you know because it's like i never really think about you know if they do or not, because I'm always so down on myself. So, yeah, I relate to that a little bit. I think it's sort of fun to be that way. A lot of times, which way just to sort of, to sort of behave like you're going to underachieve in a lot of ways sort of allows you, I think to uh, give yourself a, a cushion of confidence if you ever end up doing, you know, succeeding at things and taking things that aren't very serious the way they're meant to be, which is not seriously, yeah. it sort of gives you an opportunity to just relax and feel comfortable. Right. And it's the same way in conversating with people, like conversating, conversing, conversing with people. It's just sort of. I've heard it both ways. I had a buddy of mine. That was like, <laughs> be like, I've heard it both ways. And be like, no, you haven't. You haven't heard it at all. Conversationalizing. Yes. <laughs> Bro, do you remember the first time we ever met? Yes. I know you do. Yeah, I, I distinctly remember it. I want you to go back to to those times. Oh, that specific time? That specific time, okay? Okay. So when I first met you, I was like kind of discovering myself. I like okay. I, I I was me, but I wasn't you know, I wasn't the collaborator. It was just like I was I was a I was definitely figuring things out and discovering how big my personality really was. You were younger and less loud. Yeah. I was still loud. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. I was, I'm like almost 100% Irish and I'm loud. <laughs> but I wasn't loud, loud. Like, my, right. my personality didn't reach the White Mountains, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I think, I also think that the, the place that we met at wasn't a great opportunity for you to be completely comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. And it's so funny because it's like, it's funny because me and that guy are, we're friends for over 20 years. <laughs> and he's not like that at all. No. <laughs> um, but it, it was so funny meeting you at that point because it's like, I, I mean, did you ever think that back in that day that we would end up sitting down doing a podcast and you know writing songs it's like it, it did it ever cross your mind that it was going to be something like that there was so little of what i do now that was going on then in my life that there wasn't even an idea i mean the only thing i remembered was that you told me i was funny yeah and it was funny to me, and I appreciated it because nobody who was actually had like 
we're not that far apart in age, but somebody who has a who has a, a genuine amount of age on me never up until that point ever told me that I was funny. I kind of got the feeling a lot of times from people my own age, including my sister, who always told me like I was behaving differently in front of people, <laughs> that my my attitude and sort of like being boisterous when I saw people, that whole thing wasn't really how I was. So I wasn't really comfortable. She and told sort of, she told you that your personality was a certain way? She told me and I'm not bad mouthing what she said because in some ways she was right that I would she basically exposed in a lot of ways that when I got around friends who were my age, yeah, I would sort of stop being shy and I knew I could be comfortable with them. So I would just be the like loudest, most uh, energetic version of myself that there was. Yeah. Because it was always in the context of a party. It was always in the context of having fun. And so it was just like, there's nothing to worry about. We're right. just going to go for the rest of the day. Yeah. And uh, Allie, my sister, was not like that. So No, absolutely not. No, so she would sort of call me out on it and be like, why do you get always so, like, why do you get so different and weird when you're hanging around certain people? And I was like, I don't know. I mean, I don't feel like I'm getting all that weird. And she's like, it's definitely weird when we're hanging out most of the time and you're not that energetic. Yeah. Uh, but. It just, um, it, like, hanging out with certain people brings it out of you. Yeah. And so over time, I think I was sort of able to blend the two sides of my personality together a little bit to the point where the super energetic part of me mellowed out quite a bit, but I also just sort of got much more comfortable. Like the threshold of comfort I had in talking to people dropped because I was just comfortable with anybody. Yeah. And if I was really close to you and I talked to you a lot, then the telltale sign of that was that we would have serious, genuine conversations about stuff. Right. Right. And it was more that I could be comfortable and funny and just sort of myself around other people. And then the people who we both understood, like we had a, or at least the people that I thought I had a good connection with, I would be quite a bit more serious with them at times when it was, when I was able to, and that didn't always go well. I've had a couple of instances telling people who I thought we were a bit closer that, uh, you know, about things that I was dealing with or thinking about that were not funny, pretty serious. And they did not, like, it didn't go well. Right. Um, but that just sort of helped me to see, like, okay, certain people are going to react a certain way. And there's sort of signs to tell whether or not this person is a close enough friend to tell these things to or not. It helps you to gauge your friendships, you know, like... I yeah, you know, you find out quickly, and and not even maybe not even necessarily quickly. It's like I found out the other day about a certain situation that I'm not going to speak on, but I mean the the end result was, you know, this person decided to listen to other people's uh, sort of opinions and you know, suggestions or whatever about a certain situation involving me and this other individual and they didn't go to the source. So rather than go to the source and find out the truth of, you know, if you're supposedly good friends with this person, you decide to go to the outside and judge, mm -hmm. other, and judge and judge for no reason. It's like, Especially if it's somebody that's backed you up for years, yeah, and has you know been there for you through trial and tribulation, and then they sort of turn on you with dysfunctionality. It's really upsetting, and it's it's shocking almost. And it's like I, I I've been thinking about that for days now, and it's like I haven't talked to anybody about it really. I've talked to a couple people. And 
you know, even today, I just didn't want to talk to anybody. You know, you're, you're one of the first people I've spoken to today. <clears throat> it's just like, it's so sad that you can't have friends that are a hundred percent honest with you. Like, you know, me, you call me up. I'm going to give you the answer from my head. What I think, whether it's uh, good in or my bad. favor or not, I'm not yeah. going to sugarcoat it. I'm going to tell you what I think. I'm going to do it in a respectful way so we can try to figure it out. But you know, it's just those types of individuals that the negativity People just don't need it in their life. I don't need it in my life. You know, I have good friends that are valued in my mind and <clears throat> that I would never turn on. I would always be straight up with them if they had, you know, the balls or ovaries to actually sit down and talk to me. <laughs> like you figure it out if you're really a good friend, but you don't just say, you know, I'm done. That's it. You did this yeah. and I heard it about you and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's unfortunate because a lot of people can be quick to sort of take the first piece of information they get, depending on who it is. And it's not always good even from the source to get it. But yeah. like you have a better chance of understanding things when you ask the person who it involves than, than somebody else, because it sort of just goes through a lens of, whatever that person feels about the situation. Yeah. And it's a respect uh, thing. It's just a respect thing. That too. Yeah. You know, like for instance, you know, you and I have had many, many conversations about a certain subject and, you know, I had the, uh, I had the knowledge of knowing that it was personal for you and personal for me, but we could still talk about it because, you know, you understood my feelings as a human yeah. being. You didn't judge me like, oh, my word, this guy is, uh, you know, taking shots at this person who I care about. And, you know, I'm going to judge them before I know them type thing. Yeah. And it's just that's not how a friendship works. A friendship works both ways. This is a really funny episode. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> I didn't mean to get all serious. No, it's fine. <laughs> How did we even get on this topic? More serious conversation makes for better listening. Well, Mason always tells me he's like Sam. You need to stop talking about music all the time. You talk about music every other podcast. I'm like, dude, it's just what I know. Guess what, Mason? Guess we're doing what? a weekly music podcast episode. Yeah, just for you. And we're gonna tag you in it every post. It's gonna be called <laughs> Mason's episode. <laughs> Part one of 12. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be so happy to hear that, I'm sure. Tri 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 triggered. <laughs> I sent Abram a picture of this hamburger. Yeah, I was, I've been staring at that thing on my screen and it this looked, whole time. It doesn't even look like a burger. It just it looks... It doesn't look real. It's so colossal, ladies and gentlemen. There's probably like... How many patties do you think are on this burger ballpark? That's, that is a a thirty millimeter anti tank round for your your arteries and veins. That's called the triple bypass burger. Right if you there. eat that, you'll get a blood clot in your in your whole body. <laughs> you'll pass a boulder, not a stone, your, ladies your and gentlemen. Will fall off. <laughs> you'll have two. It's, little stumps for legs. They'll have to cut you your legs off from diabetes. You <laughs> me how many patties it looks like. Yeah. But I don't know if I can... Let's see if we can visu like visually explain you what can, it is. You, so, can't, you can't even see the patties. Okay, so first of all, the glove that's holding the top of the bun is yes. holding a few skewers through the whole thing to hold it all together. Skewers, ladies and gentlemen, are little... Sure are little toothpicks that have large talons. They're huge. <laughs> they're like a foot long. Skewers are like a foot long. Yeah. And there's four of them through the burger. Mm -hmm. 
And then he's holding the skewers with a glove that looks like it was put in Vaseline. <laughs> like it's shiny from from end to end. It's just covered in grease. The bun is shining. The patties are thin. You can't even the see the where you can't even see the bottom look, bun. They look like burned pieces of bacon. <laughs> but there's like a foot of them and then cheese between them. Can you imagine a foot of bacon? Like, I can imagine it. I can also imagine it your body screaming. <laughs> I'm in a coma. Yeah. You wouldn't know that you are going into cardiac arrest. Like you would it would happen and then you realize it and then you'd be in the new system already. <laughs> you're like congratulations and you're like, what happened? And they're like, so what happened was It's called a one way ticket. <laughs> that's the name yeah legit honestly it should be the name yeah we should open a taco truck and call that the one-way ticket we'd have to order 10 times the meat if you survive you eat it for free honestly that's probably true that's a good food challenge right there <sighs> have you ever done Can a food imagine? challenge have you ever done no no, no. I was P Diddy. I was with uh, Preston once, and we went to this restaurant, and he almost finished this one burger that was astronomically huge, and he almost got there. He was so close. If you win, you get a picture and a T-shirt, and a burger's free mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, my god! And he didn't eat the whole day. Yeah. So it's like even if you save your appetite, your body is just not physically equipped to handle that much food. No, no. And you know where they don't serve this? Where? Anywhere outside of the United States. You're kidding. No, I'm I'm not, I don't I'm not telling you because I know. I'm just telling you no other country <laughs> would do this to themselves. <laughs> This is an American. You go to holding. you go to Italy, and everyone and their sister is thin as a rail, and they eat carbs all day, can every you, day. Can you imagine? They're drinking wine, but that's that's real carbs, though, dude. Like you're talking things that are actually healthy for you. I, like Joe Rogan gets his pasta imported from Italy, which is amazing. But you could also. You could also just make pasta with eggs and flour. That's all you need. What do you mean you can make pasta with eggs and flour? What are you talking about? You know you know how to make pasta? You roll a ball of dough okay. with an egg, a yolk, yeah. and a cup of flour. And you get like a half a pound or a pound of pasta. And how do you chop it? You roll it out with a rolling pin, and you either feed it through one of those old Italian like hand crank... Uh, machine yeah, you get an attachment on a KitchenAid, or you just roll the thing out and you cut it with a knife. Yeah, yeah. And then you, well, you 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 roll it, you let it chill in the fridge for like an hour, and then you roll it out so it doesn't stick everywhere, and then you just put some flour on it, you cut it out, and then you you have fresh pasta. I'd have to use the hand crank. I would not be able to chop that. Yeah, me too. I, <laughs> I can't. I tried it once, and it was like I looked like I was doing a blind. Be like if if Stevie Wonder went hunting for the first time. Yeah, be really bad. Be like, well, you got a bead, and you certainly killed it. But what you killed was a cedar, not a deer. <laughs> you just shot a tree branch. Congratulations! Yeah. That was an endangered species of tree, and you missed the regular old white yeah. deer. And you hit Dick Cheney's wife. <laughs> <laughs> who happened you, to Who happened to be the last surviving Cheney member? <laughs> Did you mention Dick Cheney for a specific reason? Well, he got shot in a hunting accident. He didn't get shot. He shot someone else. Oh. Did you not know about this? I'm looking at up the story, right? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, Dick Cheney. Who did he shoot? Dick Cheney hunting accident. He, he shot somebody. No with a shotgun during hunting, and then the guy here it is, uh, Dick Cheney hunting accident on February 11th, 2006. 
the then Vice President Dick Cheney accidentally shot Harry Whittington, a then 78-year-old Texas attorney, with a 28-gauge Parazzi shotgun while participating in a quail hunt in Riviera, Texas. Both, listen to this. Get this, right? What was his Both name? Cheney. Huh? What was his name? Harry Whittington. <laughs> Both Cheney and Whittington called the accident an incident. Or, uh, called the incident an accident. Sorry. Sorry, Harry. I thought your hair was flying off your head. You look like On a quail. Whittington suffered a non-fatal heart attack and atrial fibrillation due to at least one shot pellet lodged in or near his heart. He also had a collapsed lung. Oh, my God. And Cheney did not speak publicly about the incident until February 15th uh, in an interview with Fox News. Oh, my God. So four days later. (laughs) I don't don't know what happened. He just, uh, his hair looked like the bird. My glasses prescription hasn't been renewed in 10 years. Uh, (laughs) The sun was out and I was having a bladder infection. I don't know what happened. Let's just say uh, my hand slipped. (laughs) (laughs) Particularly my middle finger. (laughs) Whittington went on live TV after all this happened and apologized to the Cheney family. What? I'm not <laughs> Sorry. Family for all the grief he may have caused during his recovery. Why would he apologize? He got <laughs> shot. <laughs> Why? Thank you. Is he the mayor of Momoville? <laughs> on, on February 13th, the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department issued an incident report. According to the report, Cheney was swinging on game or turning to track it. So he was tracking it with his shotgun. The summary of the incident given by the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department was Whittington downed a bird and went to retrieve it. While he was out of the hunting line, another covey of birds was flushed and Cheney swung on a bird and fired, striking Whittington in the face, neck, and chest. Oh my god. The report cited clear and sunny weather at the time of the shooting. So this Wikipedia page is sort of not uh, saying it. Right. But there, <laughs> there's some theories it wasn't an accident. Yeah, I heard that. I remember when it happened. Yeah. And Dick Cheney has been under fire since, even now past his death. Yeah, 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 yeah. He is dead, right? Am I getting that correctly? No, he's very much alive. Dick Cheney's alive? Dick Cheney, I believe, right? Isn't he still alive? No. Yeah, he is. Which he one's is not al- alive. Which one's dead? Uh, John um McCain? John McCain's dead. Yeah, John McCain passed why was, away. Why was I confusing Dick Cheney with John McCain? <laughs> I don't know. Probably cuz I'm not a politician, ladies and gentlemen, and I don't sure. care about any of this crap. We don't we don't pay attention. You don't have time for any new friends right now. Especially uh, people in Washington, D.C. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Dick Cheney, if you're listening to this podcast. Nice uh, try. <laughs> <laughs> it, Chief just called. He said that wasn't it. <laughs> Vice President called and said, let's go on a hunting trip. Sorry. I'm very busy right now. I'm sorry. Do you need new glasses? <laughs> <laughs> he forgot his shine box, Abram. Do you remember the scene, by the way, where they're showing? I think we've talked about it once. Oh, they're probably. Showing the one dog they're goes showing... one way, the other dog goes the other way. <laughs> <laughs> that scene. What about it? Me. What about it kills you? It just. I. As soon as we started the podcast, I was, I was just thinking about it. I was thinking about how we always say, go get your shine box. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, and then that, specifically, where <laughs> he's just sitting there with all these other mob guys. Yeah. And his mother's just sitting there with her painting. And he's like, look at that, huh? One dog goes this way, the other goes this way. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my god. And then the the funniest part is when they make fun of the dead guy. Like, oh my god, it looks exactly like him. (laughs) And the mother's like, what? (laughs) Bro. There's something about his films that are just, you know, they have so many elements to what they are. They're very interesting. Like, I don't know if you ever saw The Irishman on Netflix, but the history that goes into that film is incredible. Like the te- the Teamsters Union, which is what the it surrounds that union, right? In the Jim movie, and all that, right? that's the union I'm in. Really, I'm in. in the I'm in the Teamsters. Teamsters Union, and it's just crazy to think that the mob was affiliated with getting them where they are today. Supposedly, I don't know any facts or knowledge for a certainty, but just the movie describes like how, you know, to get ahead in this universe, you need to like have a certain amount of authority. Like you need to kill a certain amount of people. It's like, it's just that sort of mentality that made the movie really what it was. And the whole story, really. I mean, that's... Nope. And nobody knows for sure still. Nobody knows who killed Jimmy Hoffa. Well, well, definitely not that part. But if you you dig into the history of even the country as a whole, like on every level, there's there's the guys in front who are, you know, who are promoting whatever it is that they're trying to do. And then there's at least one other person behind them doing a ton of dirty work. To, yeah, to yeah. to make sure everything goes according to plan, and it's crazy. Like every aspect of everything, yeah. there's somebody like that. There's a character in that film called Joe Gallo, who was a real person, and uh, I used to work with a guy. Here's how close knit it is. I used to work with a guy at UPS. He's my good my good friend who retired, and his father was really close friends with Joe Gallo. And, really? And Joe Gallo got shot in the restaurant in New York. Uh, what the heck was the name? Umberto's. Oh, yeah. Yep. And it was just like, it's so funny the connections that I make with this film in real life. It's crazy. It's insane. It's so strange. Our final thoughts, ladies and gentlemen. Do yourself a favor. Get yourself some good friends. Get yourself uh, some quality knowledge. Not necessarily from books, but from the streets where me and Abram grew up. It's not a good thing. <laughs> hey, Abram's still there. He's working 47th Street. Yeah. <laughs> with, a, with his guitar and his half a mustache. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're going to throw it right at the end of the podcast so I can't fire back. That's right. All right. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I know. Yeah, it sounded like it. <laughs> That's why it's called Why Are You Laughing? It's a podcast. Oh. What happens when the laughing stops, Clap? That means you go to your grave. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, go check out Anchor. I just put, uh, I started doing ad reads on this podcast, which is awesome because I want to start making more dough, hopefully. Go write a review. Go uh, rate my podcast five out of five, not five out of 10, because that's our band. Uh, (laughs) Go check out Abram Jones Music. Go check out the Why You Laughing podcast. I have a new single out. It's called What's Real. It's on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Onion Town, uh, Monkey on a Rock, uh, Win a Cookie and a Parade.com. I don't know. <laughs> can, I promote, can I promote one more thing? Yeah, please. All right. Uh, in the interim time before I, uh, uh, before I get the podcast side of things set up completely, I will be continuing to try and do streams even if I'm not recording them. So you can find that at... Uh, you just type into any search browser on your phone or your computer, twitch.tv slash garbage charger, all one word, no spaces. 
and uh, I'll be streaming over there. And if you create an account and you follow, uh, it's free of charge, and uh, you can get a notification anytime I hop on, and we'll be talking about stuff, playing games, or just hanging out. Why? So that's that's what I'm doing. I love you, brother. Thank you for coming on the show. Love You're the you best. Too, dude. I had fun. Absolutely. All right, ladies and gentlemen, peace out. Be safe. Be cool. Be careful. Bye-bye.